I'm going to, we're going to have a, a short lesson here and then we're going to enjoy a, a communion together. And uh, we do have a few more scriptures than usual and we're all going to get a chance to read them or at least those who want to volunteer to read. But uh, today I'm going to be, the title of my lesson is Power Talk, is Power Talk. So the other night uh, we are at Sue's parents' place and uh, we're, we're watching some YouTube videos with Nick and Bree and Mackenzie. And um, <clears throat> we watched some of the old videos of Michael Jackson. Some of the old timers remember this, but Michael Jackson, the first time he moonwalked at the American Music Awards. Raise your hand if you, if you actually remember that. See if I can just get a couple of, <laughs> thank you, Carolyn. Thank you, Carl. I think that's it. Oh, no, I got, Sue. of course I got Sue. Our so walk, there was a right? Time Our back walk. in the eighties. I think it was in the eighties when Michael Jackson was on the, was singing on the American Music Awards and he busted out the moonwalk and it felt like the world just like exploded. I feel like the TV just, just exploded. It was so awesome. He was, he was doing his thing and he was such a huge star at the time, but we were watching that again and just kind of being amazed at the moonwalk when he, when he, when he unleashed that on <clears throat> an unsuspecting human race. And that was awesome. But you know, he, but I want to talk tonight about actually walking with God. So we're not going to be talking about moonwalking. We're going to be talking about power walking and uh, walking with God. And and really, it's the secret. This is the secret to a great life. It's the secret to Jesus's power. It's actually the secret to all those that we respect and we admire in the scriptures, is they were people who actually walked with Almighty God, the, the one who created heaven and earth, the one who loves us, the one who wants to have a relationship with us, the one who knows us from beginning to end, the one who knows that can count the number of hairs on our head. And, and, and that's the one we get a chance to walk with. But it's crazy because most human beings never really do it. They only call out to God when they're in a desperate situation or they, you know, they, they talk to God maybe a little bit on the holidays or in some sort of kind of more religious time. But we get to, we get to power walk with God. And we get to know him. And it's something as followers of Jesus that, that we've really got to be intentional about because it's something that can kind of elude us. And we kind of go, well, why is it so hard, even though I'm a Christian, to, to do life? Well, we were never really meant to do it on our own. We were meant to do it with God. We were meant to plug into God, not only just sort of once a day in sort of a quiet time way, but all day, all the time to walk with him. It's not just sort of an appointment. It's a 24-7 walk. And that's why it's kind of described like that in the Bible in some really cool passages. Look over here in Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. We'd like to read verses 22 to verse 24 in Genesis chapter 5. Katie, you got that for us? Thanks. Genesis chapter 5, 22 to 24. Okay, starting in 22, it says, and after he, oh, why did I, oh gosh, okay, these names, um, and after he became the father of Methuselah, 
Enoch Here's walked yep. with God. Sorry. You got it. Sorry. Okay. Enoch walked with God 300 years and had all their sons and daughters. All together, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. So that's a power walk. That's a pretty cool walk. He walked with God so close that he just, God just took him. And he walked with God for a long time. But that's what characterized Enoch's life. He walked with God. Okay, who wants to read Genesis chapter 6, verse 9? Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. Zach, please, thanks. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. You're right. So Noah lived during a very difficult time. In fact, uh, you know, a little bit earlier it says that the inclination of man's heart was only evil all the time. But Noah stood out not by some talent that he had or not by some strength that he had, but it described Noah as a man who was righteous, which is a relational word. And he was, he was right with God. He was right in his relationship with God and he walked with God. Look over in the book of Micah, chapter six. So it's Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. It's kind of the way I remember at least. So Micah chapter six, and we know this chapter, people are struggling going, what do you want from me, God? And God boils it down to something very simple as to what he's looking for in each one of our lives. Micah chapter six and verse eight. Who'd like to read that one? Yeah, Kai? Uh, it says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So when we boil it all down, especially as we're feeling all the pressure of the holidays and all the pressure of living up to the expectations at work and in our family and in our society, you know, living up to all the stuff that we feel like goes along with Christianity sometimes. And God is just trying to simplify it for us here and saying, hey, here's, here's what I'm really looking for. I'm looking for men and women who will act justly, who will love mercy and walk humbly with me. And it's so simple, but it really, again, it requires a decision. It requires that we choose certain things along the way because God wants to walk with us. God wants to, he wants to be known by us. And so, what I want to just uh, kind of encourage us with is that really the power of our holidays, the power of our ending of 2020, the power of us beginning the greatest year of all time in 2021 is going to really come down to, to this simple, this simple idea is acting justly, loving mercy and us being dedicated and committed to walking humbly with our God. And so I had just four thoughts I wanted to share about that tonight about walking with God and what walking with God is about as I struggle with it in my own life. And as I really want to encourage you as kind of a big brother in our community to, for us all to be known for like Enoch and like Noah is that, that we would be known as people 
who simply walked with God, walked humbly with our God. But the first thing I just wanted to uh, talk about is that is that walking with God is is a with thing and not a for. It's a with and not a for. Who'd like to read Mark chapter 10? Actually, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Matthew 1, verse 23. Do I have a volunteer? Rob, thank you. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Okay, right. Is that awesome or what? That Jesus' name literally means God with us. God isn't over us. God isn't lording it over us. God isn't a commander out in front of us. God is with us. He is with us. And he wants us, his dream, his desire is for us to be, to partner with him, to be in life together, for there to be a mutuality, for there to be a relationship, for there to be a with and not for. It's interesting, you know, as we look at religion, religion often quickly, but persistently kind of goes to this for kind of relationship. We start to kind of get into this, this relationship with God and with religion. That's a, Hey, I'll take my sacrifice to the temple on this holiday and I'll make a sacrifice to God that hopefully he'll be pleased with and will sort of avert his wrath or whatever that might be. And I can kind of go on with my real life, but that's not it at all. Jesus says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. What God is looking for is a with God is looking for a merciful, graceful, love-filled relationship with us. Look over in Mark chapter 10 and verse 20, 26 and 27. We'd like to read that. Mark chapter 10, verses 26 and 27. Is, is that Junie raising her hand? I can, I see her moving around there. <laughs> or is, or is, does Monica want to read? Awesome. It was um, Mark 10, you said? Mark 10, 26, and 27. I think we would all be very impressed if Junie could read it. <laughs> or we should. We should. Mark 10, sorry, one more time. Mark 10, what was it? 26. Verses 26 and 27. Thank you so much. Okay, sorry about that. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Okay. So he says there a few times, with man, this is impossible. Thanks, Monique. Thanks, Monica. I'm sorry. With man, this is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. Because, because the apostles are amazed. They're like, who, who then can be saved? You know, I was in the trails today praying and I came in, you know, there was a, there was a dad and his daughter coming the other way. And they were, they were hanging out with each other. But I thought it was kind of cool because they were walking the trails and the dad was carrying the, the little girl. And she wasn't an infant. She was maybe like two years old or something. And I started kind of imagining myself, not just walking with God, but being, but being with God and being carried by God. And I thought, you know, that's kind of the picture of what God really wants with us. He wants, he wants to do this journey with us. And with man, with just with man, it's impossible. The things we're facing are impossible. Who then can be saved? 
Well, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. Emmanuel, God is with us. And he wants an intimacy. And he desires an affection. And he desires a closeness to us. You guys remember that old uh, Footprints poem? It talks about in the time of when we were really in need, God didn't walk next to us. God carries us. And that's God's deepest desire is he wants to have that with relationship with us. You know, we can ask the question, who, who can possibly thrive during a, a pandemic? Well, with man, this is impossible, but not with God thriving during a pandemic. It's possible. With God. Well, well, who can see crazy outlandish dreams come true? Well, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. Well, 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 who can find, who could possibly find meaning in suffering as we go through the challenges in our life? Well, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. Who can flourish in Vermont? During the dark winter days. Well, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. He's the source of life. He's the source of joy. He's the source of encouragement. With God, all things are possible. Well, well, who, who can study the Bible and get baptized even during COVID? Well, with man, this is impossible, but Keegan with God studied the Bible, found his faith. And it was a beautiful thing. He's baptized into Christ. It's not about circumstance. It's about with. It's not about for. It's about with. With God. All things are possible with God. Well, the second thing is <clears throat> action, not apathy. Action, not apathy. Look over in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. So we're talking about power walking with God. Tapping into the power source of the creator of the universe, the one who loves us, the one who knows us. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus had experienced an extremely busy day. Everyone was demanding things from him. There was extremely high expectations of his life. He had a lot of pressure on him. There was a lot of details to look after. But it's interesting because in Mark chapter 1, we see how Jesus prioritized his day. So in Mark chapter 1, verses 35 to 38, who'd like to read that? Who'd like to read that one? Yes, yeah, Steve Neff. Mark 1, 35 to 38. Very early in the morning, it was still dark. Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Great. So so how did Jesus prioritize his day? We see here in a very difficult time, it says very early in the morning while it was still dark. Now, during these times, that could be like noon almost, right? So we feel it's getting dark later and later. And, but no, this wasn't, this wasn't noontime. This was earlier in the morning. And uh, Jesus got up. He left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus knew he was only going to have strength for all the challenges in his life 
if he connected emotionally with God. It's interesting too that as he came out of this, the, the, the apostles found him. And he says, let's, let, everybody's looking for you. But what Jesus also did in that time of prayer is that he connected with his purpose. He connected with why he is here. He connected with his priorities. He connected with his focus. And so he says, you know, let's go somewhere else to nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. Some of the most powerful things that we'll find in our relationship with God is not only emotional power to give because we're tapped into a source of love and strength and grace, but we'll also find clarity in why we're living and who we are and what our day is supposed to look like in terms of our our priorities. Look over in in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. We'd like to read Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Larry, thanks. I think, Larry, you're, you're, you're muted. Thought I hit it. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Okay. So we see Jesus here not giving into apathy or giving into the other things that can kind of take us away or wear us out or wear us down. But he was a man of action. And he was a man of action, especially in his in terms of his relationship with God. He prioritized it. And so as we look at Jesus, we go, well, why did he have so much power? Why did he have so much clarity? Why did he have so much focus? Why did he seem so persevering and so strong in the midst of struggle? Well, the the answer is, is because he power walked with God. He walked with God. He often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. He got up before all the craziness came on him and he prayed. I really want to encourage all of us this week to do one simple Jesus thing, and that is to prioritize prayer in our lives. One of the things I've found in our current day and time is that if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't happen. And I want to really ask us to be very proactive and very intentional when it comes to our weekly schedule and look at our lives and say, when am I, when is a good time for me to set aside and put in my schedule a rock to pray? When am I present? When is that going to be an important thing for me? For Jesus, we see here it was early in the morning. But then we also see him often withdrawing in other times during the day as well. And so he had that rock in his schedule of his relationship with God and praying to God. But then he also got away for extra kind of power time and extra strengthening time as he could throughout his day. I really want us to to ask us to prioritize prayer. And that way we're prioritizing powerful living. We're also prioritizing clarity in terms of our focus, in terms of who we are, where we're going, and why we're going there. Okay, look over in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. So walking with God is a with, not a for. Walking with God is action, not giving into apathy. And then the third thing I wrote down here is that Walking with God is lettuce and not tomatoes. Okay, it's lettuce and not tomatoes. And let me explain what I mean right here. So Hebrews chapter 10. 
So lettuce, not tomatoes. Who wants to read verses uh, 19 through verse 25? Gabe, that'd be awesome. Please. Therefore, therefore, brothers, since we have convinced to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, conscience and having our bloody bones, <laughs> bodies washed with clear water. Let us hold unswerving, unswerving to hope we profess for he promised it faithful. And just two more, yep. And let us consider how 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 we may spur um, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Awesome. Dave, that was, that was fantastic. Thank you. Great job reading. So right here, guys, there's three, there's five types of lettuce. Okay. We're making the, we're making the walking with God salad right here. And there's five types of lettuce. And each one of these are, are kind of this cool invitation to us. Let us draw near to God in verse 22 with a sincere heart. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope. Verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Verse 25, let us not give up meeting together. And and then later on in verse 25, let us encourage one another. It's this cool kind of invitation to, to draw close to God, to do, to do these really, really important, nutritious, healthy things with our energy and with our life. And I compare it to tomatoes because, because, um, I, I was thinking about how, you know, I don't know what's in the old cartoons or what it is when someone was performing and they weren't doing a very good job and they would throw tomatoes at them. You guys remember that? Or even like, you know, if you go to see how good a movie is or how good a, some sort of show is, they've got the rotten tomatoes, you know, kind of listing there. And I think a lot of times, again, we view our relationship with God as a performance, as something we're going to have to live up to as sort of an achievement. And it's sort of a checklist thing. Whereas that's not really God's heart at all. What God is doing is he's inviting us into, into the good life. He's inviting us into this life where, where he respects us, where he loves us. And he is trying to help us to be our best self and our strongest self. It's a let us relationship. It's a let us relationship. And it's a really beautiful thing because God, again, isn't commanding us, isn't grading us isn't isn't ranking us what god is doing is he is inviting us yeah so i had a bad day yesterday he's still inviting us oh yeah so i had a uh, I, I fell into some sort of some sort of sin or weakness today well god is still inviting us there's still that next chance there's still that that next invitation where god still wants to walk with us it's a it's a 
It's a lettuce thing. It's not a tomato thing. And so the last thing, look somewhere in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. So who'd like to read? And this one is about is about the idea that it's about knowing God, not just knowing about God. That walking with God is about knowing. Getting to know. Not just knowing about. And let's look here in, in Ephesians 1, verses 17 to verse 23. And I want us to kind of let these, these words kind of sink into our hearts. Because there's a vision here. There's a dream here. That, uh, that, that is being expressed through these words about us really, again, not just getting to know about God, but really getting to know God and be, have a, an intimate relationship with God, have an invigorating relationship with God. So Ephesians 1 verses 17 to 23. I'd like to read that. Peter? Thanks. So Ephesians 1 17. <clears throat> I keep asking that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that, in, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people, and his incom- incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that can be invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So God wants us to know him better that we can know the, the hope and the riches and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Thanks, Peter. We'd like to read Ephesians 3, verses 17 and 19. Ephesians 3, 17 and 19. Anybody? Yeah, Mackenzie? Um, Ephesians 3, starting in 17. Um, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So Paul's in the spirit is saying, Thanks, Mackenzie, for reading that his his dream is that we would know how long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love, not just to know about it from afar, but to experience it and to know it and to internalize it for it to become part of us. So it can so it can so it can help us to live, can help us to truly live this life that we've been given. Look, look finally over in John chapter 17, verse three. This passage is kind of a, it's kind of a crazy passage because, because Jesus says something here that I think is profound and yet it's extremely, um, simple. 
John chapter 17 and verse 3. We'd like to read this one. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Okay, thanks, Margaret. So what is eternal life? What is what is life here and forevermore? What he says is it's to know God. To know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Guys, there's a whole world of power and strength and life and love and light for us to experience as we get to know our God. The God who created everything. The God who loves us deeply. The thing I want to ask us to do this week is our homework. It's a simple thing. I want to ask us to prioritize our walk with God. And then for us to talk about it. Let's ask each other through the week. Hey, how's, what are you learning about God? How's it going in your walk with God? How, what are you, what are you learning? What are you experiencing? Let's talk. Let's learn from each other about this one thing, this one aspect of life that kind of determines everything else. And that's our walk with him. You know, um, communion is all about this. It's all about bringing us back to this very simple, but such an important um, part of life. It says, you know, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And that's what communion is all about. It's for us to uh, take the, the the juice and remember God because we can so rush past it. We can be so busy that we don't even think about it. But we take the juice to remember the this, this sacrifice of God for a relationship with us, to be reconciled, to be restored. Then we take the bread to remember that Jesus lived as a human right here among us. And in this body and in this blood there's a covenant that god is making with us it's a marriage covenant it's an eternal relationship god is totally committed to us in christ and it's good for us to be reminded so that we can draw near to god in full assurance of faith that in and through the body and blood of christ we have a totally reconciled totally free, totally forgiven relationship with God. And so now we get the chance of walking with God 24-7 and being blessed in incredible ways because we know him. So if you take the W from with and the A from action and the L from lettuce and the K from no, Steve Neff, what does it spell? It spells walk. <laughs> This time it actually spelled something. I thought you guys would be excited about that. So we're walking with God. Thank you. <laughs> let's, let's, um, let's devote ourselves this week. Let's get out our schedules tonight and let's think about our walk with God, the most important part of our lives. And let's remember Jesus who teaches us how to walk with God and draw close to him. And let's be inspired because we take communion together tonight and get to find that inspiration to walk with God in a real and powerful way. That's power walk. Let's, let's pray and let's enjoy communion together. 
Father in heaven, we're blown away. We're amazed because you want to walk with us. You want to be known by us. You want to know us. You want us to feel totally, completely secure in your love. You want us to feel totally, completely strong as we face the challenges of this life. You want us to dream bigger. You want us to, to, to experience the love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness of walking in your spirit and keeping in step with your spirit. Father, thank you for having so much of a, of a feast, Father, for us as we walk with you. Father, help us to engage with you. Father, even though we feel challenged by so many things in our lives. And, uh, Father, we ask you to, to bless our walk with you this week. Father, remind us of your love for us this, in this communion. And Father, help us to draw near to you in full assurance of faith, um, even as we take this time to remember Jesus. We pray in his name. Say thank you. Amen.